it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I see an outline of angels in the light. And the music is coming from the angels. But this light is, is God. It is source or whatever you want to give that a name. That is what we come from. That is unconditional love. Hi, I am Dr. Lottie Valentine, and I've been asked to share my two near-death experiences with you. My first near-death experience happened in 1992 after I gave birth to my third child. And I already had two children. They were two boys that were six and three and a half. And I gave birth to my daughter at the end of June in 1992. And I gave birth in, the, in between two earthquakes, between a 7.4 and a 7.2 earthquake. And the earthquakes were so bad that I literally thought that I was going to die at that moment. And my labor actually stopped um, because it, we had, it was that bad of an earthquake. And we lost all the power in the hospital. And then my labor started back up. And then after I gave birth, I hemorrhaged the first time. And I was in excru excruciating pain. And I would just bend backwards. And I was yelling to my husband, take the baby, take the baby. I can't hold the baby. And they were massaging my uterus. And they put me on IV drip. And I stayed in a, an extra day in the hospital. And it was then told that everything looked fine and I could go home. Well, 10 days later, I was hemorrhaging again, and, and these blood clots were very large, like a, a man's large fist. And I went to the ER, and they did a manual inspection, and they said, well, nothing much is happening now. It could have been a second lining that came out. There were no blood, blood work. There was no ultrasound, and they sent me on my way. And then the next day, the same thing happened again, another, another hemorrhage uh event happened and we called the hospital and it was decided that i should see the doctor the next morning where we lived in california at the time so the next morning i saw the doctor and again it was a manual inspection no lab work no ultrasound uh and he said well it could have been two linings that came out and then later that day i hemorrhage again so we go back to the er and again, they do a manual inspection and they said, well, we'll keep you for observation. And I was lying on this table in the ER and they closed the door and I didn't even have a bell to ring. And as I'm lying on this table, I start bleeding again. And just by chance, this nurse opens the door and checks on me and can see how much I have been bleeding. So I can hear the call in the loudspeaker, OBGYN, stat to the ER, OBGYN, stat, to the ER. And I'm just thinking, well, at least they're gonna figure out something is wrong with me this time. So within a minute, this middle-aged physician comes running into my room full speed with a younger physician in tow. And again, they do a manual inspection. 
And as they're doing this manual inspection, I hemorrhage again. And I try to sit up and tell the doctor, I'm not feeling too good. And he just pushes me back down onto the table and they tilt the table so my head goes towards the floor. My feet is, are going up towards the ceiling. And I have a nurse on my left trying to place an IV and I have a nurse on my right that's quoting my blood pressure. And at this point, I just feel like I'm falling. If, so imagine jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and you're just free falling towards the ground. That was the feeling that was happening inside of me. And as I'm lying on this table, all I can think of what's taking this nurse so long. But I was already in shock at this point. So it's very difficult to access those veins once your veins start to collapse. And the nurse on my right is quoting my blood pressure as it's falling. And at one point she yells out, 50 over 15, hurry. And so now I can no longer support a heart rate. And it was shortly after she yelled that out that I knew that I was dying, which was the very different from the earthquake experience when I thought I was going to die. I knew that I was dying. And I didn't have any belief in the afterlife or any religions. I didn't believe in God or Jesus or angels or anything, even though I was raised Lutheran and I was confirmed when I was 14, but I really didn't believe in any of it. So as I'm lying on this table and I realize that I'm dying, what do I do? I pray to God to save my life because there was nothing left to do but to hope that there was a God out there that could possibly help me at that point. So I pray to God to save my life. And I say, I have three children under the age of six. They need a mother. And it was shortly after that, that I was pulled out of my body. And I find myself floating maybe three or five feet outside my body. But as I'm outside my body, there is no pain whatsoever and there is unconditional love um, there is no time on the other side so I have access to past present and future all at once but there's also a knowing that I belong to that body down on the table almost like a, you're holding on to a balloon and you're the balloon but there's a string attached to your hand so you belong down there or you belong to the house or apartment where you live, but you just stepped outside. It was that kind of sensation that I had just stepped outside. And within you know seconds, I'm pulled back into my body and it happens so fast. It is instantaneous. That transfer, that transfer of the soul leaving your body and then going back in is instantaneous. Um, People have often asked me, do you leave through the crown? Do you leave through the chest? And honestly, I have no idea because it's instantaneous. One millisecond, I was inside the body and the next millisecond, I'm outside. So I get pulled back in to my body. And that next day in the hospital, I knew that my sister-in-law was in the left corner of my ceiling and I could hear her. And she said, everything's going to be okay. So that communication with the spirit world started the day after my first NDE and then just, just progressed as the years went by. 
So then I get really sick um, because of this near-death experience and losing all the blood. And I had something called bone marrow suppression when you have a suppression of platelets and white blood cells and red blood cells. And as I'm in this uh, struggle to heal, two years later, I have another near-death experience. And during the second near-death experience, it was very different from my first experience. And I always joked, I didn't get the full effect of the first near-death experience because they saved me too quickly. So I had to do it again to, to get all the messages that I needed. So in the second experience, I'm again pulled out of my body. And I'm, this time I'm just tumbling through darkness, almost like a spaceship in Star Wars. You're just tumbling through space. And I get to a place that I call the mid station. And I call it the mid station because there was an awareness that there were floors above me and there were floors below me. Almost like you go into a skyscraper that has a hundred floors and you push the button on the 50th floor and you get off on the 50th floor. You know that there are floors above you and you know that there are floors below you. But as I get to this place, I hear the most beautiful music, more beautiful than any music you can make on the earth plane. And I tried, had a synthesizer that I think made over 200 sounds. And I sat at that synthesizer for days, trying to find any sound that sounded like the, what I had heard. And my best description of that music would be a choir of angels. And as I am, as I am in this place and I'm wondering where the music is coming from, I see a law cabin on my right. So I look to the right and I'm thinking the music must be coming from the law cabin. So I open the door, I look inside, but it's empty. So then I turn to the left and I see a mirror image of the same law cabin I saw on the right, but now it's on my left. And again, I open the door, I look inside, but it's empty. But then I become aware of this growing white light. It's almost like, imagine the fog moving in and just enveloping you, but it's the brightest, whitest light you have ever seen or experienced. And this light is just pure, unconditional love. And as I'm turning around and looking into this light, I see an outline of angels in the light and the music is coming from the angels. But this light is, is God. It is source or whatever you want to give that a name. That is what we come from. That is unconditional love. That light is what we are, what we are made from. We carry this light within us. We return to this light when we die, this pure, unconditional love. But then I become aware of two spirit guides and the one on the right communicates with the other spirit guide that is diagonally to the left in front of me. And he says, what is she doing here? She can't be here. She has to go back. And I said, no, 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 wait a second. How can I be outside my body and still be me? And the spirit guide on my left says, well, if I told you, you wouldn't remember, but you will remember this. And then it was as if I was standing on the moon, looking down on the earth from outer space. But around the earth, there was a silvery, glittery 
what I call a fishnet or a fishnet is tends to be like a diamond shaped. And so I'm looking down at this fishnet around the earth and the spirit guide says, everything on earth is connected to each other and everything on earth is connected up to this grid. And with that message, I get sent back to earth and it really transformed my life all the work that I do and all the work that I do now. And I work with, uh, as a physician, I work, uh, as a spiritual guide, um, providing mediumship sessions, ancestral healing sessions, uh, medical intuitive sessions. And that connection with the spirit world that started the day after my first NDE progressed, you know, for years and after 12 years of that, so back, so in 2004, I no longer doubted any of the messages that I would receive. And so then that put me on the path to become a physician. And I went to medical school when I was 54 because the spirit world told me I had, this is something I had to do. And I also trained to become an evidential psychic medium. And if you want to learn more about me, uh, this is my book. Um, it won a first prize, a gold medal award in spiritual leadership category. It's called Med School After Menopause, The Journey of My Soul. And it has both of my near-death experiences in detail, in more detail in the book. Um, and it talks about my journey through life. Um, it has my most embarrassing moment in my life, which is a very funny story. Um, as well as messages after each chapter that that can help you develop your own intuitive abilities. So I talk a lot about uh, how my intuitive abilities and mediumship came about in this book in hopes that it will help you tune in to your own spirit guides, to your own intuition, and follow your own path that you incarnated to have in this lifetime. I hope you enjoyed um, my story and that it will bring peace and healing uh, for your own journey in this lifetime.